Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We're continuing to record this podcast remotely to ensure the safety of our guests and our team. Now on with the show. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks well-known friends three thought-provoking questions usually over three glasses of wine. But my guest this week is having to stay away from the hard stuff. Namely, and not only because it's 10am as we record this show, but more importantly, because she's two months away from giving birth to her second child. But boy, oh boy, am I excited to have her on the show. Stupidly excited. She is one of this country's greatest writers, actors, and quite possibly my favourite person on Instagram. She's the RADA-trained, BAFTA award-winning leading lady of the BBC hit show This Country, a brilliant mockumentary comedy series that follows tracksuit-wearing, bored-to-tears cousins Kerry and Curtin in a small rural Cotswold village where so little happens that a scarecrow-making competition is without doubt their annual highlight. And in one episode, which is incredibly funny, all they do is argue about who gets to cook their lunch on the top shelf of the oven. Not only are Kerry and Curtin on-screen relatives, in real life they're also brother and sister. And they co-wrote three nigh-on-perfect seasons of the show together, which also features their real-life father and uncle. And it's all based on their own experiences of growing up in Sirencester in the Cotswolds. 
She still lives in Sirencester with her husband, Will Weston, and their two-year-old daughter, Pip, and has spent lockdown performing brilliant TikTok interpretations of some of our best-known TV theme tunes, as well as making headlines with her catfish romance with dirty old sea dog, Captain John, as something that I ended up unwittingly being embroiled in myself. It made the newspapers and everything. It is, quite frankly, the most ridiculous thing that happened to me in lockdown. So here she is, one of the most exciting talents we have, I think, when it comes to comedy, writing and acting. And I cannot wait to dial her up. So let's do this. Daisy May Cooper, I'm coming for you. You're in Sirencester, right? I'm in Sirencester, yeah. So, I mean, we just, I haven't moved away. I... I was, when I was doing uh, drama school, I went to London, but just was so fucking homesick. I just, I just love it here. Do you know what's so exciting is when, when I saw that this country was doing so well, I don't know, it, I mean, A, it just like spoke to me of my childhood in so many ways. Like the, the, there was a line where you go, I got enemies everywhere. North Cerny, South Cerny, <laughs> Cerny Wick. <laughs> that was, that was so my childhood. It was like, the biggest, baddest, badass in school had enemies everywhere. I was, you know, somebody that sat in the corner reading, trying to, you know, excavate yes, my way I, out of that. I'm terrified. Terrified of authority and terrified of other kids. I just getting beaten up or bog washed or just terrified. <laughs> it was always about who's the hardest. And, yes. and they were just trying to start fights with like rival schools for absolutely no reason. <laughs> Yes. Right, meet us, yeah, down the amphitheater, and we're gonna fucking show them. And it's just like, what? Why? Why? It's pathetic. You're well up the duff, love, aren't you? How, oh, how many months in are you? I'm milking it a lot. I just want a fucking drink. That is all <laughs> I want. I just, you know, I'm sort of dreaming about, like, just dreaming. I couldn't give a shit about this baby coming at all. <laughs> It's all about, right, as soon as it's out, I'm not going to breastfeed. Your mum's going to look after the baby. I'm just going to go to the pub. <laughs> Is that what you've said to Will? <laughs> because, see, normally on this podcast, the idea is, is that I'd ask you three thought-provoking questions and each question is punctuated by a glass of wine. Oh, fuck's sake. Now, of course, I've got to talk to you about the the, the tawdry love triangle that brought us together. How brilliant. Talk to me about Captain John. I, the... I flanked him. I've ghosted him, Dave. You ghosted to me. him. Do you know what? That really upsets me because he's ghosted me. What? So, <laughs> I know. He just fucking ghosted me. Fucking bastard. I could not believe when this, this John the Sea Captain fell into my lap. I think the first thing, and I'm sure you felt like this as well, is it's the, the picture of him. And his little profile picture of him looking so kind of important at work. Well, do you know what's really freaky about that is that he looks like Hugh Edwards and Hugh Edwards lives in the next street to me in London. <laughs> and I thought, Hugh, bit lively. And then I realised, no, not Hugh. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, God. Because... <laughs> Obviously, no, I, I, I don't see, so he slid into your DMs. He slid into I, my DMs. Yeah. And, and what made I, you want to respond to him? Because I just thought, because I, I never have done before, and I've had loads of these kind of messages, and it was just his profile picture, and I thought, do you know what, we'll, we'll have a bit of fun with this. 
And I think it was also that you, you got that first message, the same message yes. that I did. But it's just so bad. I mean, it's grammatically bad. The spelling's appalling. The it English is terrible. Sense. And the thought that somebody is is sort of push, putting that out there as bait and thinking that someone's going to go, oh, in fact, you know what? This He sounds like a normal, nice bloke just looking for a relationship. Um. So then it right from there, and I had no idea quite how I mean extraordinary this guy would be. I just and do you know what? People were starting to think that it was me that was writing these things, and I was saying, "Fuck it, it really, it really is not." And that was so brilliant when he slid into your DMs. I thought, "Oh, fucking great! I've got somebody to back me up." This guy <laughs> because he's. It, it, the first one, it, it just starts very, very, you know, it's very anodyne. It's like, you know, very badly written, but fundamentally, um, I like your profile picture. Your your profile picture is of Kerry Mucklow. <laughs> burning, burning, right? And 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 then and then he strikes up a conversation and he calls it the thing that I find creepy about him is he calls us dear. Yes. Dear. What the fuck's that all about? I mean, you there's just a lot. There's a lot of creepy girls that do the hi dear on your. You know, when you go into your not your your messages from people you know, but the other messages once in a while. Yes. There, there's a lot of hi dear, and you just go creep, creep, no, delete. But this one, well, obviously because you've been talking to him, I just thought I've I've got to go there. I've got to go there. But you really took him on a flight of fancy. <laughs> well, fancy actually. You started telling him that you were widowed that I was widowed that I also um had a successful dog cloning company <laughs> which right. just kind of just took on without question I mean yeah. that that was what I, I as soon as he accepted me for for that I thought god I'm <laughs> gonna be with you for the long time babe you're amazing and then you started sending him pictures of um uh Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> with your head superimposed saying this could be us so you, you 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 laid it out there, and then well, do you know what? Every time I sent stuff like that, I thought, right, this will be the thing that pushes it over the edge, and that he says, "Don't be so ridiculous." Especially, I mean, that picture with my head badly photoshopped onto Kate Winslet's face, and and Le and his onto Leonardo DiCaprio's, and said, "This could be us." And I thought, he surely he's going to come back and say, "You're taking the piss now." And he didn't. He said something no. like, what was it? He said something like, um, he said, okay, yeah, fine. Okay, yeah, okay fine. <laughs> okay, fine. Yes, and where yes, are you from? Fine. And you said, are you a sea captain? He said, I'm from Georgetown, USA, but currently deployed to Syria for an undercover mission. And I am an office in the US <laughs> Army. Now, he told me he was in Yemen or Syria. I can't remember what his line of patter was, but it was slightly different to yours. He was in a different territory, um, but equally as as fantastic. And everything. That, I super. think that's a massive mistake on his part because if you're gonna spin a yarn, at least spin the fucking same yarn. Exactly. Because, because then you're gonna get well, you're gonna forget your own lies then. But my favorite. So, so so basically, you told him that you were gonna fly out to Syria to meet him. <laughs> was, was it Syria? It was Syria, yes, yeah. Yeah, and, and you sent him a picture of you looking out of the plane window and he absolutely cacked it. <laughs> <laughs> and said, you can't come, I'm undercover. 
And oh you were like, too God. late, I'm in the air. <laughs> <laughs> it was, what was so funny though, is how quick, I mean, I, I literally said, well, I can fly out and see you and how quickly it was from the message I sent to then being on the plane in the air. And he still just completely sort of bought it. But, but can by you that imagine time... that would be my worst nightmare? I mean, poor bloke. I t tormented him, really, but well, that was fucking you know, brilliant. You, you gave him a dose of his own, in fairness, because he was trying to hit you up for $953 to be transferred by the Western Union. Yes, and then five... What was it? 5000 God, I haven't... Yeah, what was that for? What was that for? That was for, for oh, an operation, because he got a bit of bomb stuck in him. <laughs> And then sent me the picture, do you remember, of, um, I, I I said, can you send me a picture of, of the wound, basically the wound, I didn't say that, but he sent me a picture of the doctor who turned out actually to be a famous doctor. Did you see <laughs> He that? just got <laughs> off the internet, yeah. And he was in, he was stood in front of a blown up building in a pair of, in, in his scrubs. <laughs> So then, so then I get the message, right? And and I think, oh my God, because I'd been following your story, just laughing and, and loving, <laughs> loving this lockdown tale of, of internet catfishing. Oh so God. I sent you a DM and we'd already DM'd a few times before that, saying, Days, I don't know how to break, break this to you, but that dirty old sea dog slid right into my DMs and you <laughs> exposed him. You exposed him brilliantly because he, he'd gone on, he'd gone at MIA. And then he got yeah. back in touch with, hello, dear. And you went, don't you, hello, dear me. He said, <laughs> he said what'd I do? You said, does the name Kate Thornton ring any bells? <laughs> but this is after you put up a video of me and you apparently waiting for him at Heathrow Airport. Does he not check your Instagram? Oh, no, I, I found a thing that I can block him from not looking at my stories. Oh, that's so brilliant. Just Yeah, so that was genius. Because he actually did see that I was posting all this stuff, but then kept talking to me. Do you remember right at the beginning? Yeah. Says, Why are you put? You know I'm undercover. Why are you posting? <laughs> but then the best of it was, is that we ended up in the paper. So I'm around, I'm, I'm like having a takeaway, a lockdown takeaway on a Friday night. And somebody went, you're in the Evening Standard, the Metro, the this, the that. And, and there, well, there's me, you, and the sea captain. And it's, uh, I was like, this has got out of hand. Well, the funniest thing is, can you imagine if his wife, the, the real sea captain's wife ever does a Google image of him and finds out that these two celebrities <laughs> in the UK but I love the way you fighting over this man. I did a little bit of rooting around. But he's he's definitely not in Syria. Um, I think um, I think I think it's safe to say that he's he's based somewhere in Africa. I wanted to talk to you about what I call cul-de-sac moments in life, um, because in 2011, after you graduated RADA, which is super posh, and Charlie had graduated university, you both wound up back at home in Sirencester, sharing a bedroom in your mum and dad's house and working as cleaners, and you put this brilliant um, post up on Instagram, one of your very first posts, because during that time you created this country. And this post has got you waving your BAFTA 
in the air and you say you can be anything you want to be i was working as a cleaner earning 100 quid a month living in the same room with my brother and eating tesco value noodles i never gave up on my dreams and neither should you stop punishing yourselves and celebrate how wonderful and special you are everyone has a talent use it if i a massive fuck up can achieve my dreams so can you and when you're all rich you can thank me and buy me a pool thank you i love you all <laughs> and i just thought that you'd sort of taken that glorious moment with that BAFTA, that, that moment of recognition from your your industry and taking it right back to that sort of cul-de-sac moment where it probably felt like everybody else was going off and progressing in life and you two were back where you'd begun, eating Tesco value noodles. And I just wondered what other cul-de-sac moments have you had in life and, and what real, real life values come out of them because sometimes it's the shittest moments that create the most glorious outcomes. Oh, my God. I mean, there have been so many really bleak times. Um, I think one of the bleakest was going into the job centre, actually, after finishing Randa and not having... And all my kind of peers had gone on to be really successful my friend Alex, um, who was in my year, was playing Meryl Streep's daughter in the Margaret Thatcher film. And, you know, they were, I, everybody was doing like a mate. James Norton had gone off and done all these amazing things. And I was back home and I was having to go into the fucking job centre. And I um, went to the job advisor and I was just, I just thought, God, I really hope that you know that I, I don't want to fucking be here. Like I shouldn't be here. I mean, I, I, I am somebody and I was, and I, I don't want to be claiming job seekers allowance. Like I want to be out there pursuing my dream, but I, I just am on, I'm at fucking rock bottom. And anyway, he looked at my uh, CV and he was like, oh, so you went to uh, drama school. So let me just type in arts into the jobs you know, uh, job search. And he said, well, uh, all that's coming up really is there's a uh, Father Christmas um, available, a slot available uh, in a grotto in Swindon Arcade, or they're, they're looking for a DJ in a club in Cheltenham. And I just kind <laughs> of sat there, just humi I sort of like tittered, but I was completely fucking humiliated. And then he said, um, and I said, look, I just want something that's in the evening that no one can fucking see me, that nobody knows, you know, that I've completely failed at everything. And he said, oh, well, there's a kitchen porter job at, at the local curry house. And I, I said, kitchen porter, is that a posh word for waitressing? Is importing the food from, he said, no, that was <laughs> hot wash. And he phoned up the curry house and they had, um, and they said, no, sorry, the job's taken. And uh, almost over like 40 people had applied for the fucking pot wash job, right? And that made me think, fuck, like if it's that fucking hard to yeah, get life's a hard. pot wash job, then I, I, I've got to put my energy into the acting and doing something that I want to do rather than fighting 39 other fuckers. <laughs> to work as a and I think that was like a kind of massive moment for me because you you could have just let that deflate you even further but actually sometimes you almost need to be on your knees in order to get back up again don't you and, and reignite that fight in yourself 
I, I, the, the worst actually is when you get complacent and this is why I never kind of wanted a full-time job because I knew that if I did like if I got a retail job or something that would be the end because I would be comfortable there and then I wouldn't mm. ever change my life as if I was doing so the part-time cleaning was kind of good like I wasn't admitting defeat doing that um but fuck it it was just so fucking bleak and I don't actually know what got us through we just had this kind of this unbelievable faith like that that it would that something had to go our way at some point because everything had been so shit it's like there this perpetual kind of optimism it was like I and I and I I don't know where that came from, but you kind of have to have that to get yourself through, I think. You've got to believe. You've got to, because that's all you've got. If you don't believe in you, nobody else is going to. So and, true. And what, and what we do as 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 professionals is we sell ourselves. You know, when people hire us, they're hiring us. So if you don't believe it, no one's going to. And I, I, I wrestled with that very early on and just thought, you've got to fake it till you make it. You don't necessarily have to believe it, but you have to look like you believe it everybody has a talent everybody has something that they're really good at but you only have a certain amount of subjects that are at school and if you don't fit into those then kind of like you're fucked. Yeah. I mean there was a, like a, a boy that used to just not go to any of the lessons but follow the caretaker around like putting up shelves and doing that and he was incredible at that and I just thought that that was brilliant that they had allowed because he was so naughty otherwise in class but give him that responsibility and and something where he can kind of prove himself and he just fucking blossoms. It's like, yeah. it, it's so, uh, I don't know. I think, and especially in small places, there's a lot of small-mindedness. It's like, yeah. you know, the, the thought of even doing acting, like if you, if you come from where we did, it's like, don't even fucking think about it. And, but also, like, how, I mean, how much pressure there is, because it feels like there's so little, I mean, for, for when I was growing up anyway, it was like, if you don't get your GCSEs and then go to college, that's the fucking be all and end all. You'll end up working in Boots or you'll end up working at McDonald's or at some kind of fucking tea rooms in town. And, and there was so much pressure. And I, I look back on that time and I remember being so terrified of if I don't get into Gloucester College and, and start doing something that that's it then that's my career completely finished and before I just it's even started. Finished, yeah before it's even started because yeah if you don't get your, your qualifications to get into college you're fucked and uh, I just wish that there was kind of more encouragement and that kids know that it fucking if you're not academic then it doesn't fucking matter like you can do so many things here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. 
Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Which kind of, it kind of brings me nicely to my next question for you, because I suppose this drills into boredom, right? And I think, you know, this country's foundations are kind of pretty much built on boredom. The fact that, that Kerry and Curtin are so shit bored that they could spend an entire episode talking about who's going to cook their dinner on the top part of the oven. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's <laughs> proper boredom. And I remember spending so much of my childhood waiting for as we've just described, like that that next thing, something to happen. And in the end, I think I realised, well, if you want something to happen, you have to make it happen. But I think there's real beauty in boredom. Do you agree with that? Do you think that had you not been so bored shitless, you wouldn't be who you are and doing what you are right now? Oh, for absolutely. Absolutely. And there is nothing to do. When you live in a kind of rural town, especially for young people, there is absolutely fuck all to do. So I, 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 the only thing that I did do actually was throw a lot of my um, sort of enthusiasm and attention into like relationships with local boys because that was so fucking massive at the time. I mean, wasn't it? Who's going out with who and you're going out with and, you know, and sending love letters to boys and meeting them for piss up in the park and... That was massive. That took yeah. up so much time. Relationships, and then who's fallen out with who, and all like it was all about the sort of trivial dramas and and that's the where it comes from being fucking bored because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> nothing. Do you think that now the internet is in our lives? That that's still the case for kids in small rural towns? Yeah, but they're just texting it to each other rather yeah. than. Fucking saying, saying it. it to their face. <laughs> That's all it is. I mean, it, it it's so it's so weird because we kind of um uh, I don't know what I because texting had actually just come in. I was probably one of the first people to have a mobile phone at my secondary school, but it oh. was all of that. I mean, and and it was so exciting kind of meeting up with boys in the park and I, you relied so much on your peers but there wasn't uh it would always be different ages because there mm. wasn't enough people that were like 13 so that you'd have a nine-year-old and then like a <laughs> weird 16-year-old that would kind of hang around and the nine-year-old and the 16-year-old was sort of like 
be best mates. Oh, it was so fun. I mean, I'm sure you remember all of this. Yeah, totally. But I do think <laughs> boredom does help us to realise our best selves, really. And it's something oh. I'm really conscious of raising my son. Is like, I want you to be bored because there is there's real value in it. Oh, my God. And, and it's when you're most creative because you've got to create your own entertainment. Everybody came up with that kind of fucking boredom shit. I mean, my brother used to just go um, to the to the Tesco's car park, to the paper bank, and they'd look, him and his mate would look for porno magazines. Like, that was just what, what we did. It was any stupid thing. And, and that shows real creativeness, though. I mean, creativity, doesn't it? Coming up with your own stupid fucking games and... Because you are that bored. That bored. I remember a whole day that... Uh, my cousin and I, she came around, we had nothing else to do other than I would be downstairs by the window downstairs, she would be upstairs and she had a sock on a piece of string that she would put something in and then lower it down to the window <laughs> and I would take everything in and then it would go back up and this just went on for an entire day. It's pathetic, so boring. Another thing was going to Woolworths and with your pocket money buying a Just Seventeen magazine because that was kind of like uh, your connection to the to the outside world, reading yeah. the articles and and all of that. That was like the problem your... page. Oh. I loved the problem page in Just Seventeen. We were really lucky because my nan was a cleaner at WH Smiths, and we just I mean I don't I don't think I ever felt that we were skint growing up, but clearly we were. There was no spare cash, that's for sure. We didn't have a car or anything, you know. My mum had about four jobs and my dad worked nights and weekends, um, you know, just you know, just to keep it all going. They were just brilliantly hardworking. But my nan had this job at WH Smith, so all the magazines that didn't get sold, all the out-of-date ones, she'd bring home. And she knew I loved reading, so I had this wealth of free, out-of-date magazines, and I... I think in so many ways, that's why I ended up doing what I do for a living, because I just lost myself in this other world. Well, absolutely. I tell you what, did you do you have that thing when you were younger and you, you'd go from London back home for Christmas? Was there like a local pub that you'd go to and you'd see everybody that you kind of grew up with? Yeah. It was like this like meeting place. So you'd go home and go, oh, my God, it's Christmas and I'm seeing so-and-so from school and catch-up is lovely. Oh, God. And that's what makes it lovely. Is there, there, there's these people that will know you and will always know you. Like, when you go back home, it's like, oh, I'm sure you get this. It's not like, oh, Kate, this is Kate Thornton from X Factor. It's like, oh, that's Kate Thornton that used to eat crayons in year three. Like, everybody knows you. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a bit of both. But how are you... Because how are you finding that now? Because, I mean, I moved away and and went on to do shows like The X Factor. So nobody kind of, you know, I was starting over in a new place. You're in the, you're in the place yeah. you've always known and live. But, I mean, yeah, I, I, most of the people that I get stopped by, there's always some fucking very vague connection. It's like, you were in the year above Sally Henderson. <laughs> Who's my cousin's brother? Do you remember Sally Henderson? It's like, no, I have no fucking idea who that is. But yeah, go on with the story. But there's all there's always a loose connection. But I love that. I really love that. I love that. that you're connect and, and a lot of people I sort of know from living, you know, growing up in town. They're like kind of town celebrities. 
those sort of people that yeah. you always see but you never ever talk to and you have like nicknames like you know in Cheltenham there used to be a guy that always used to busk outside Marks and Spencer's yeah yeah and sell his dog to people <laughs> do you remember him vaguely we used to call him dog on a rope we used to call him <laughs> dog on a rope on a rope but did you have rumors about people that from your town yeah and then some of the rumors that obviously had done the rounds about me that i'd never heard of ended up on my wikipedia page <sighs> which and one of them was that i'd got pregnant by a boy after a fumble in the car park at Quicksave <laughs> and I'd had a baby that nobody knew about. <laughs> oh, when you put that, oh, I remember. <laughs> Quicksave or Limbar. And I, I remember somebody took it down. I think my agent had it taken down. I was like, I'll leave it up. I quite like that. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking brilliant. Oh my god! And I bet people loved hearing that. Well, you know, Kate Thornton's got a secret baby that she had in the fucking house. She got knocked up around the back of Quicksave. <laughs> so specific. Like, how would somebody even fucking know that unless they were sort of there perving on it? Just mental. <laughs> I've got one more question for you. And I think let's keep it in this ballpark. I wanted to know if your childhood had a smell, what would it smell of? That's such a good question. Fucking hell. I don't know. Juicy fruit chewing gum was, was a big one in our house. Um, the orange one or the green one? The orange one. Oh, God, I'm just trying to think. Oh, it would be, oh, it would definitely be Charlie Red would be the smell. Charlie Red? What's the that? perfume. Do you remember that? Oh, Charlie. Or do you remember the yes. exclamation perfume? Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Well, for us at my school, it started out as an A and A. And there was these tiny little, do you remember you could buy the tiny ones that are all in a pack? The miniature ones, yeah. the really cheap ones, yeah. Um, and then after that, it all got really exciting because it became CK1. Oh. CK1 was it. And it just, and it was, that was the sort of kind of unisex one, wasn't it? Where boys and women could wear it. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And you felt very progressive if you wore, you know, a unisex scent. <laughs> and I remember that. And then I, I just, and I think, I think I was still wearing CK1 when I got my first proper grown up job in London. Oh my God. That is hilarious. Oh, and the Lynxes as well. That was so fucking huge. The Lynxes. And for the boys, it was jazz. Jazz. Oh, I don't remember jazz. that. Oh, God, jazz smelled so good. Oh, did it? It smelled. So I still now, if I smelt jazz, I'd probably be quite horny. Oh, really? <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Because it goes back to that lovely boy smell, and I can't explain it. It's but, like bold fabric conditioner on a on a sh clean shirt, clean t-shirt. Yeah. Oh. But when you're young, it's it's so evocative, isn't it? It really <laughs> yeah. is. It's like. It's it smells of boy. Yes. It's just that boy smell. Oh, so excited. All the pheromones are just fucking, oh, God. But the other thing that I always think of at school is I can always remember the smell of a, a fusty classroom. 
you know, fusty, when they... Oh, you what, know, really? Musty you know, old... Yeah. Fusty, musty, chalk dust in the air. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, just with the, it's sort of that combined smell of teenage feet and armpits, yes. sort of, because you know, nobody opened windows. <laughs> yes, with right. kind of slightly stale... Um, aspirations of teachers just like hanging around like a bug in the air. There was, yeah, the, and it was always in the fucking language rooms for some reason. Language and geography always smelled the fucking worst. Especially on a hot day. Yes. On a hot oh. day, it would really whiff. And the other thing that I always remember as as a smell, if, if I smelt one now, it would just take me back. It's a Finder's crispy pancake. Oh, I don't know why, but yes, we them. yes, love those. Oh my goodness. Chicken and bacon. <laughs> oh, you know, my if, God. If you, it would take do you remember them? Back. And do you, and a sound would be, do you remember those um, re record Don't Fade Away, that uh, advert that used to be yes. on with the skeleton? Yes, yes, yes. Um, oh, God, what was that? Yeah, there's all those little things. I've looked it up rather re uh, quite recently and it says, it's a v VHS that they say that this has a lifetime guarantee that even in like the year 2030, you can still take to the... And obviously VHSs have gone out of fucking... No. Oh, it's so sad. you imagine? I mean, like, literally, I've got, a, I've got a, a, a loft full of them. And I remember my son showing them up in the loft one day. He's like, what is that? And I'm like, yeah. You, and also the other thing that he didn't get, which was really interesting, we were driving back through the Cotswolds home to London and he's, he pointed at a phone box. He said, what's that? I said, it's a phone box. And he's like, why would you go into a box to make a phone call? Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you kidding? And I, yeah, but then I said, well, because people didn't used to have mobile phones, Ben, so you'd have to come out and queue to make a phone call oh if you didn't God. have a landline at home. So I said, look, come on. And I, I pulled the car over. I said, We're gonna, I'm going to show you one. And it's been turned into a bloody book exchange. Oh, they There's always no phone in there anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. That, you yeah. always used to do your prank calls from a phone box as well. Oh, prank calls. Do you remember <laughs> Steve Pink? Yes. He always used to oh, I love him. But he used to be brilliant, didn't he? And so quick, and uh, you, yeah. you, I would sit and listen to him in my lunch break when I was working at House yeah. of Fraser, and just cry, laugh till I cried. He was so brilliant. It. Oh, he was God. so brilliant. He used to wind people up so much <laughs> you could hear their sort of rage coming out of their The whole thing—it's like you phone in and say, like that, you'd say, "Oh my." You know, my dad is having problems with the council. He just gets so wound up about his bin. So he would just phone up and go, ah, it's the council. You know, it's £4.50. I gave you the money yesterday. And all of <laughs> so good. So good. Oh, see, now that all of that is so available on demand, we could just go and Google that now. We used to have to wait for that bit in the radio show and make sure you were near a radio to be able to hear that. And there was something about that appointment of the day of like, and you'd have to come in from play to watch Grange Hill, for example, yes. after school. That was massive. That was huge. Or, yeah. You know, or Dallas. Although Dallas. I used to find that Grange like, Hill okay. extremely depressing because I think now I've been at fucking school. I don't want to watch anything about fucking school. I need escapism now. 
I'm stressed out. But because I'm that bit older than you, um, quite a lot older than you, um, I, I, there was a massive storyline when we were at school, which was Samo got hooked on heroin. And the whole cast of Grange Hill did a record about it called Just Say No. Yeah. And they went to the White House and performed it for Nancy Reagan. It was massive. It was all over really? the news round. Oh, my God. Fucking yeah, hell. Roland went. And, yeah, Trisha Yearwood. It was massive. And here's another little bit of trivia where I'm, I'm so tragically pathetic is that he runs a key cutting shop in Covent Garden and I do slow walks past to see Samo. Oh my God, you are kidding. No. I have to go and see him. Oh my God. Have you actually seen him? I've seen him, Lee McDonald. I love him. Oh God. Oh, I love you so much. You are so Thank you. brilliant. Uh, listen, you know what? It's been uh, just my absolute delight and pleasure. You are a treasure. Uh, what are you going to do next? Once you've had this baby, are, are you going to just take a little bit of time out? Are you going to carry on making amazing TikToks? Is there another this country under a different guise living in your brain? Well, Charlie and I have started writing our new thing, which is very, very different. It's a period thing, so it couldn't be more different from this country but it's 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 funny and that's yeah so but it's just been brilliant actually writing for different characters and because with this country we kind of couldn't write for names like for for famous actors or it would have to be unknown so this is actually quite funny to have an actor in mind and be able to write a part yeah. for them specifically so it will be it's very very early days but we're really enjoying it I am so thrilled that you've been able to find the next thing and, and that you're doing it together. That's just lovely that you oh, two I fucking hate continue it. to share. Fuck. Well, we're meant to be working this week and he's fucked off camping with his girlfriend to Normandy. So I sent him a text message this morning saying, don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> fucking no. And mum always takes his side as well, which pisses me off. But Does she? Oh, Does she? What about you? Fucking always. I don't, she definitely loves him more, but I'm the more talented, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm way more talented. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh. I'm so pleased that you have got something else, though. And I guess it needed to almost go to a different period in time for you to be able to shake off Kerry and Curtin. I think so. Otherwise, everybody that we ever write is just sounds like Carrie and Kern. Actually, funnily enough, when we started writing this new thing, we wrote these two characters and it wasn't until like halfway through, we just said, we've just written fucking Carrie and Kern again. We're going to have to grab <laughs> it. And it's also that thing where you think, fuck, I don't think I can actually ever act any other character ever again. You just completely yeah. doubt yourself and think that was just a massive fluke and we're never going to be able to, write anything ever again but i i think the the more we're getting into this new thing it's just really exciting but when you are on a show that is winning all the awards and all the ratings are there and everyone's talking about it when that happens you sort of go oh i thought it would feel different i thought it would feel more yeah. and it doesn't feel, doesn't feel like anything. anything and actually the thrill is in the chase yes it it's is. a bit like dating it's like 
when you it's it's the building that success that is so much fun. Once something's successful, you're a bit like, oh shit, there's only one way from here, yeah. and that's down. That's down, and you just feel it's very flat. I don't know why the fuck that is, and it's always it the next thing that you want. So it's like, oh well, that that's great. It was a successful. It's successful. I've got the BAFTA, but I've I want more. I want more money. I want to have a pool and a big house and. <laughs> the next thing. I don't give a fuck about anything else. I just want lots of money now. <laughs> Isn't that pathetic? I'm just waiting for like I don't know Greg's to get in touch with like a commercial deal or something where it's like a million quid. I want money for doing absolutely nothing in return. You want to be a Kardashian? You want to be Kardashian, don't you? <laughs> yeah, that's what I fucking want. Oh my god, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, darling, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for finding the time to just shoot the shit with me. I've loved it. So that's it for this week's White Wine Question Time. We'll be back next week. As always, this show is produced by me, Kate Thornton, alongside Richard Hatherall for Yahoo UK. Editing is by Callum Goddard-Mocklow and our music is provided by Andy Bell. His solo material and back catalogue with Ride and Oasis are all available on Spotify and iTunes. Don't forget as well, if you have the time or the inclination, we'd love it if you could rate and review us. It really does help other people to find and discover this podcast. And as always, I mean, we haven't touched a drop today, but as we normally do, I have to say to you, please do as we always try to do and drink responsibly. I'll see you next time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. 
And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.